This is episode 122 on The Herpreneur Show. Today we have the CEO and founder of the marketing agency, Marketing to Mums, Katrina McCarter. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Marketing and sales. Let's talk business today, ladies. Let's talk about ramping up your brand, really segmenting your target market and helping you niche down. Today, we're talking about a massive market that if it was being put together as an industry, it's actually the largest consumer industry in the world and it's mums. Yes. Today, we're diving into the book, The Mother of All Opportunities, which is a really great insight for you to know where you're going wrong in the marketplace. Today, we have the author of the book, Katrina McCarter. She's also the founder and CEO of Marketing to Mums. She has an incredible podcast called Marketing to Mums. Work that one out. Pretty easy all to remember. And we are doing a book giveaway. Yes. Pretty simple how to get the book. The book giveaway, all you got to do is go to my Instagram page, find the post for this episode, 122. It's Katrina and I talking about the mother of all opportunities, marketing to mums. All you need to do is comment underneath the video what you liked about the interview and hashtag book. The first three people to do that will reach out to you personally, get your mailing address and marketing to mums agency will be sending you a physical book in the mail. How cool is that? Two announcements before we get on to today's interview. The first one is this is the second last episode for season three. My goodness, we have had some incredible women. Every woman that have been on the show has been incredible. I don't share them if the interview is not great. They go in the bin. So we have had incredible women. We have one last amazing woman that you probably have heard of, Samantha Wills. She's on finishing up season three next week, and that will be episode 123. There'll be more about the show, why it's wrapping up for season three and what's to come next. You'll just have to wait. Now, today we're talking about marketing. Marketing is going to help you generate the leads, but how well do you convert your lead to a sale? That's what's ultimately important for your business growth. Your business cannot survive without revenue. Your business cannot survive without sales. And that's what I do. My job is to help you increase your sales to such a magnificent height that you would not even believe how you can grow your business. If you have conversations with your customer before they become a customer or a client, if you're in a service-based business, if you need help with your actual sales process, then I'm the girl that you come to. I've got a beautiful product called Convert Club where we can work with you privately and help you really curate your sales process. If you want to learn more about Convert Club, all you're going to do is reach out to me privately and we can organize a time to touch base and see if it's a match for you. Now on with the show, Marketing to Mums, Katrina McCarter. Katrina, I love to start with where in this beautiful part of Australia do you reside? 
I now reside in Melbourne. So I uh, love the inner city and particularly the inner north of Melbourne. But I in in the last couple of years, I've moved out a little bit. Uh, so ah. I'm the furthest I've ever been from the city, which is kind of a little outside my comfort zone. I normally like the concrete. And now I'm surrounded by lots of beautiful trees. Oh, well, you know what? How perfect is it for right now with what's going on with COVID? So at least you got some fresh air and you would have had to bunker down somewhere, especially in Melbourne. I have a fantab- I have a fantastic walking track. I'm right by the Yarra. There's heaps of kangaroos, all sorts of beautiful bird life. So it's been the perfect place for lockdown. You have written two books. Yes. The one that I have... The Mother of All Opportunities, love the name. In the book, you open with a really eye-catching statement and statistics. And the statistics are the did you knows. And one of them you said, did you know that if Australian women were in industry on their own, they would be the largest GDP, gross domestic products, out there? What do you mean by that? Can we dive in for this is the entry point to where everything's going to start for this interview? Absolutely, Annette. So in, here in Australia, we have got 6.2 million mothers. Now, every year oh. we have about 140,000 um, new mothers um, uh, arrive as well, you know, become mothers for the first time. Mm. Collectively, these women are responsible for spending $132 billion, and I said billion dollars, every single year in this country. So wow. what that stat is actually saying is that if mums were an industry, they they would actually be our largest contributor to GDP. Mm. So mothers really do power this economy. Wow. You've got some stats that you've done and a huge amount of research globally, international, internationally and nationally. One of the shocking stats that I saw or probably a big conversation in your book was about India. Oh, and yeah. you're just saying 140,000 new mums every year but wasn't it in the millions it's in the yeah it's certainly in the millions and it's same in China so there are four million babies born every year in China um India will soon overtake um China in terms of uh uh, the the biggest the largest industry Mm. there are huge opportunities and having a really good understanding of uh the differences and different motivators and behaviors between um different um mothers is Mm -hmm. super super important and because we have so many um, Indian Australian mothers here as well yeah it's really really important for marketers and business owners to understand more about what motivates them um, because they are a largely very untapped market I talk a Mm -hmm. lot about um, Australian Chinese and Australian Indian um, migrant mothers who really are an untapped segment of the mother landscape here in Australia Yeah. You've got a really interesting background. And when I read your bio and your your journey, you know, a large amount of where we come to today in our points in our life, I'm fascinated with yours because when you look at at your journey, all your ducks sort of line up in a row where you were in sales and marketing for something like 18 years. You had your bachelor, your MBA. You actually write in the book that one of your biggest insights to marketing was actually when you're a mum. Can you take us through that journey and what was that 
What was that specific moment or that decision that made you go, that's it, I'm actually going to specialise now in mums and launch actually marketing to mums your, your business? Oh, that is such a big question, Annette, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a crack at it. So, so my, my uh, corporate background, if you like, is in the grocery industry. I actually mm-hmm. had a really strong sales background in the, in the grocery industry. I ran out uh, one of Arnott's Biscuit sales teams. Uh-huh. I also worked a long time for Mars Pet Care and I used to look after the Coles account, so running deals and mm-hmm. uh, negotiating with, with Coles. Um, I had my first child and uh, the world changed, like, my whole world changed and my organisation really struggled with how to bring women back as well. So my first understanding of where I went, mm, something's not right here, was when I became a mum, I was suddenly spoken to in a very one-dimensional way oh, by, wow. soci- by society, by brands. Um, I felt really pigeonholed and I felt like any of my prior interests or any of my prior experience just absolutely fell away mm-hmm. and I was adopting this new identity that was, yeah, it felt very, very limited and constrained and, and definitely whilst being a mum was so important to me, there's so much more to me and I felt really frustrated by this. Um, and then uh, we actually, because my organisation had a lot of trouble in in terms of bringing me back and keeping me really engaged, my husband said one day, what about we head over to Perth for a year? Um, And that's what we did. I was delighted I was going to have a year off and just bond with my first baby. And then along came a couple more. And (laughs) I was 39. Yeah. I had three small children. I had always wanted to go into, into my own, you know, launch my own business because to me that was the ultimate test of your skills. Like, you know, that was the absolute ultimate. But um, I had growing kind of, you know, mortgage, growing financial responsibilities and I just mm-hmm. thought, look, it's now or never. And at 39, I was playing cards one night with a couple of my Greek girlfriends. We play a card game called Joe. And they were all talking about these great deals that they were getting. Um, and what it was, they were talking about, it was the group buying industry. So I don't uh-huh. know scoop on or group on. Mm-hmm. So they just arrived in Australia. They I remember were, when it just arrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were off enjoying these these great deals on massages. And I watched this market really um, with, with a lot of interest. And I saw, hey, no one's no one is really catering here for the uh, for the parenting market at all. There's mm-hmm. nothing here at all for us. So I didn't have any money. Everyone in Perth knew me as a mum in the park. So I then had to go off and capital raise to get some cash together. Wow. And I managed to secure um, four shareholders after many awkward coffees on St George's Terrace, um, pitching to a, a lot of uh, a lot of men um, about my great idea. And whilst they were really interested in doing something in the online world, they were really comfortable in investing in oil and mining stocks. So this was kind of outside their comfort zone as, as well. So within six months, I got the money together and I launched um, my first business, which was called Bubbler. And it was, I built that to a community of 150,000 mums across Australia. And what I noticed from these mums was that they were really unhappy, just like I was when I became a mum, with how they were being communicated 
by brands mm. and by businesses. And I thought this is really interesting because I would get creative copy from advertisers, so brands and businesses who would pay me to promote their um, promotions to my community. And I would get their copy and I would go, this is so not going to land. Like you really don't understand how to communicate <laughs> oh, with mums. And yeah. I, that was a hunch at this stage and I'm very data-driven. I love research. So I thought I'm going to go off and ask my mums. And I ran a survey hoping to get three or 400 mums respond. We ended up having over 1,800 mums across the country respond to my survey. And our key finding was that 63% of mums believed that brands and advertisers didn't understand them. And I went, Mm. wow, what a gap in the market because if I could help those brands know how to, you know, communicate with mothers and convert more, you know, increase their sales, yeah. mums are going to be so happy in terms of that they're they're actually being spoken to with respect and in a mm. way that best suits them. So it was a really great win-win. So that was 2015 and I launched Marketing to Mums. Wow. You know, it's interesting because I read in your book about, and at the start, it says the mistakes that the the business big businesses do, brands do, and I was thinking, I don't, I don't feel like it does not not resonate with me until I then read deeper into it and the examples about a car. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, I see. Yep. Right. Yep. I was like, because I want a four-wheel drive or something big enough for us to load bikes in and do that, but I want a sexy-looking car. So I said to my husband, like, how do I get the sexy car? Like, I want a sexy-looking car. And yep. I don't know, for years before I was a mum, all I wanted, I had on my my vision board this two-door uh, Mercedes-Benz um, sports car, finally got it. You and me both. Fell pregnant a year later and I was like, shit. And everyone's like, you can't put the baby in the back of that. Like, you're going to find it really hard to open the doors. And I was like, oh, so we end up buying this beautiful, it was a beautiful car again. It was a Jaguar, <laughs> beautiful white interior. Like, you know, I went, I went for gold. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm keeping this look, like I'm, this is the look I love. And that resonated with me so much in the book because then I thought, actually, if I was to do one of your surveys, the questions that you'd probably prompt me to think about would then make me realise I am marketed to in a different way and I do like to feel sexy and I do have my own identity. I do like to do dancing and I do like to move my hips and I do love to do pole dancing and, and you know, why can't a mum do that? And, <laughs> and you can. Yeah, and I just love that. That's when it really like opened up my eyes to go, wow, this is really what is happening where we are getting put into a box. So I would love to dive into what are some of the biggest mistakes you see that big brands do and even SMEs, small to medium businesses, what are we doing wrong in our communication, in our marketing? What are some of the biggest mistakes you see and how can we improve it? Oh, great question. Look, I'm going to give you two answers here. I'm going to give what I what I observe overall because I work with startups right through to corporates. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see what I observe. Then I'm actually going to give you a, some research based insights of what mums are telling are telling us mm-hmm. that businesses are getting wrong. So um, so let's kick off with the first one. If we look at what I see based on all my experience, what I see is that straight up 
most businesses are targeting to broadly. They're mm-hmm. aiming to go for all mums instead of niching. Ah. Now, when you try and communicate with 6.2 million women, um, you really aren't going to resonate with that many of them. And you start mm-hmm. to wonder, you know, why aren't I getting the results? A lot of brands and business owners fear try and narrowing down their market size that so, because they think they're going to miss out but yes. what I do find is that everyone who gets a success are those mm-hmm. that niche they understand them very very deeply mm. and that's probably the second big issue that I see is that the average doesn't matter whether they're an SMA or a really big brand mm-hmm. they don't understand their mums deeply enough they tend to avoid doing research because that's expensive mm-hmm. or we can use that money for advertising and what happens because they don't have that solid base of understanding they're doing the wrong messaging they're choosing the wrong channels they're advertising in the in, and know, then that becomes expensive becomes <laughs> they are, I mean straight up I see a lot of businesses waste it waste it a lot of money. So because mm. they're targeting too broadly because they don't understand mums, what I see is credibility becomes a big issue. Mm. Mums just wipe them off. You know, mm. they, they're they just missed. So mm. that's what I observe in terms of all the years that I've been working. But we ask mums. So every year I undertake at least one to two research projects looking at Australian mothers and asking, you know, their opinion. Yeah. And one of the things that we consistently ask them is what are the mistakes that businesses are, are getting wrong? Their biggest gripe is stereotyping. Um, mm-hmm. They absolutely hate this idea of um, of this stereotype of you know mum being seen in the uh, um, in beautiful yoga pants or beautifully done up with her cafe latte the border collie and and the nice upscale <laughs> pram or 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 you know if she's not a if she's not a mum with a young child but like there are yeah. these very idealized kind of mm-hmm. um aspirational kind of images um of how she's depicted and that's just not how she's living and mm. she really really wants that changed the other big thing that she echoes as well is being treated like she um uh, like uh, like uh, in terms of um treating them like they're all the same and she's mm-hmm. like I am a multi-dimensional woman. Um, I'm not the same as every other mum just because we've we've given birth to to a child. You know, it doesn't yeah. make us the same. So that's that's a big issue for her. Um, not being real is really really important. Is really important to her. She's asking businesses to give us a realistic uh, picture of what being being a parent is like, mm-hmm. and also start reflecting the diversity of parenting structures that we have. Mm-hmm. There's so many single parent structures here in in Australia. We've got same-sex couples. We've got interracial couples. And they're just not being seen in our advertising or or Mm. our communications. They want to see that. Even if they are heterosexual, they want to see what life is like in their community depicted in their communications. Mm. And another biggest gripe, and um, I actually opened up the page of... um, of some of my survey work uh, when you were talking about uh, women and cars. One of the biggest issues that that women raise uh, with me through the research is they feel like a lot of brands treat them like they're stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this is particularly so in um, the automotive space, in financial services, real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of our mums, I'm actually going to read what she said because I love these women who participate in our in our surveys um they really uh, they, this is it's their voices that i take mm. to educate brands and one of our mums actually said i may appear with vomit on my shoulder 
Hair unbrushed and distracted by the screaming toddler, but my mind is just as sharp, maybe sharper than when I was in corporate. Picture me in a suit if it helps. Um, so she's really saying, yeah. hey, listen, you, I have not lost my brain because I've yeah. given birth to a child. Listen to me. I'm a highly intelligent, uh, intelligent woman. And women here in Australia uh, generally have a higher education attainment um, than men. Uh, mm. So it's really important that they're respected and they want um, businesses to earn their respect and their attention. They understand how influential and, yeah. um, they are and they understand the power they hold with their purse strings and they want to be respected for that by brands and businesses. They want relationships built mm-hmm. and not going straight in for a sale and they want to know the people behind mm. the business too. Really interesting when you say that about the the corporate, like imagine me in the suit, you know, if that's really going to help. How was it for you because you had such this strong corporate background, you were senior in a very big brand. Yep. You move and you've got your your bachelor, you got two bachelors. Uh, I did a bachelor of business and I've done an MBA. Yes, yeah, okay. And then you you move. So you understand, you understand at a very deep level because then you move across to Perth, right? You were saying everyone knew just as the mum in the park. It didn't work, right? Yep. What was that like for you to know who you are really behind closed doors or b- before they meet you? Because for me it's like that. Like a lot of the mums see me, I rock up and I'm, you know, <laughs> I've got my jeans on. I think they've got no idea what I do for work. They've got no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like, wow, it's like, it's a real, it's not a struggle for the ego. It's just like, it's it's something where you think, wow, there's so many layers. I wonder how many other mothers here, when we're going to pick our kids up, are uh, just like me, they're intelligent women, they're juggling, they're, they're, you know, they've got the business and they're helping their husband with the business, family business, or, you know, they are in corporate and they've stepped away from corporate to, you know, be a full-time mum. I'd love to know a bit of your insight from this journey. Yeah, look, for me, I, I did go into kind of a high power, I, I did come from quite a high powered corporate back, background. Mm. And so when I became a mum, I, I found that challenging. I found the transition really hard. Like mm. without question, being a parent is the hardest role I've ever I've ever taken. And I'm one that I love, but it's more challenging to me than business. Um, that to me is much easier is much easier. But so that that transition in terms of how I was spoken to and seen by society. I found that uh, really yeah. quite jarring initially and it probably took me a good 12 to 18 months to kind of um, come on board with that. I found being out as a mum in the park with, you know, other mums and dads uh, was actually really fantastic because uh, we spoke really freely about uh, anything and everything. Yeah. So what I realised was that my experience was actually not just my experience. There were so many others that mm-hmm. felt in the same way. So I really kind of felt quite empowered by mm. that to be to be really honest and um yeah no I've uh, I've really enjoyed you know the friendships and the learnings that I've made from from other other women and, and men in men in the park yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's not quite interesting the power of rapport I do know I did notice as soon as I became a mum you know as soon as you start talking to a mother mum there was so much commonality just when you had the young baby or when they're at a certain age 
I, I find that progression of rapport so fast that can happen. Um, and like you said, you can pretty much talk about just about anything. And I think it's because of that um, common commonality that we've got. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of just sidetracking because as you said that, I thought, oh, that'd be quite interesting to know because that gives you so much of an insight now, I feel, going from such a strong corporate background to then being your identity in that side of it stripped away and you've got a brand new identity and now you can amalgamate it in such an incredible way to really, you know, connect it is. So what I what I would say is now when I'm undertaking my research and I hear these findings, like it really resonates with the with my lived experience. And one of the things that I'll share with you in terms of some of the research that's come out of out of the US that when a woman becomes a mother, she is eight times more likely to talk about businesses and brands. So whether you are selling or you're you're wanting to influence, uh, you know, mums are incredibly important in Mm -hmm. terms of recommending because she becomes that go-to person that many people will go to, you know, which accountant do I need to see? I need a plumber. Who should I go to? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're renovating. Who did you sell your house through? Um, They are likely to to check into uh, and ask mum. Mum is going to activate and be like a micro-influencer everywhere she goes. Mm, Interesting. Because in your book you actually say that women are opening up businesses and it has been for the last 10 years three times more than men. Why do you think that is? Why are women now? And obviously there's a lot of things changed. Women weren't allowed to have a bank account until 1970. by themselves crazy but what do you think it is now is it the flexibility is it where we're wanting to be able to hold our own like what do you think it is why women are just feeling so much more empowered these days to open up businesses and do it more often than men yeah, great question, Annette. I'd say there's two key reasons. Without question, they're still looking for flexible work conditions. I think that employers have got a long way to go in terms of creating that flexible work workplace. Um, so that definitely is feeding into a lot of the reason why um, women are opening up um, businesses. The second thing that I will say is that they're looking for more meaningful work meaningful work Ah, is incredibly important to them Mm. after um, when when they become a mother. So they're really the two drivers and we actually Mm. see, I think there was some research done, um, I think it was by Mums & Co and they really did an audit in terms of these, of women going into business, mums going into business and most of them had um, a child aged under two, like they launched Mm -hmm. their business when they had a child aged under two. It's a a time of, of enormous enormous change and what what we see I've seen some great Google research that actually shows that women when they become mothers are actually renegotiating all their relationships with brands it's a really important time it doesn't matter uh, whether you're in financial services whether you're in baby products it makes no difference she is reevaluating her relationship with uh, all brands yes yeah and so if she has been in your you know she's been a customer of yours for years mm-hmm. and years and years this is a this this is a time where you need to be doing a lot of work to retain her mm. because she's questioning a lot of things and she's learning a lot through her baby as well. Yeah. In terms of she, particularly um, the types of products she'll have on her skin because she's very conscious about what she'll put on her baby's skin. That yeah. leads her to uh, she starts to spend more on her own skin products and skincare. 
it's a really interesting change. The interesting Gosh, changes taking so place, true. which opens up incredible opportunities for brands. And a lot of brands just miss these little nuances. And that's mm. really where I play. Yeah. Gosh, so many things to talk about just in that one, that one answer. The first thing I will say about myself is one of my very first clients and this was back in 2012. So I'd done sales training for many years, but then I went out on my own and started to coach entrepreneurial women. And there was one lady, she was my very first client, and she created a product that was paraben-free, fragrance-free. And even though I was really from a health and fitness background for many, many years before, and I was into essential oils, it was the first time really, we're talking about 2012, yep. I think even maybe a little bit earlier, I think she was 2010 because I think that's when I was doing it, I was just coaching from my dining room table, yep. timelines. And I remember thinking it was actually something really brand new to me. I hadn't had children at that stage and I remember just trying to help her get into chemists. Yep. Now fragrance-free, you know, organic, paraben-free, sulfate-free, that is a normal thing. And when you, when I ask you the question, why do you think women are, more women are going to business, you, said, you think it's because they're wanting something more meaningful. I, I do remember when I fell pregnant, the moment I fell pregnant, I got rid of my false nails. <laughs> Did you? I changed all my makeup to natural makeup. Yep. I stopped dyeing my hair. The hair. So I did I. Totally natural because I thought this is all going into the baby and I just suddenly had that change and the relationship, you're right, the relationship that I had with products suddenly changed instantly. Another thing that you said that I do want to um, talk about, which was you said as soon as they become a mother, it's, it's like they want something of more meaning in business. It's something that's more meaningful. I can't help but think it's because we have this great feeling of oxytocin and serotonin and this sudden connection to what life is really about and there's more to it. Why stay working for a company that really doesn't get you as high as you keep? <laughs> Do you know what you know what else? Um, there's there's something else that that we see that I was just gonna uh, that I was just gonna comment there in terms of more more meaningful work is often they'll experience um, uh, something um, after having a child, um, and they'll find that there's a gap in the market through lived experience, yes. and that yeah. is really because um, you know we haven't had as many women um, leading businesses as well. It's a new lens to see yeah. the world as well. Yeah, and definitely. there are a whole lot of uh, problems that yet ha- that have yet to be solved that as women experience it, you know, they're willing to back themselves yeah. and they're willing to have a crack, which I absolutely encourage, um, mm. and, and have a go at solving this problem. Yeah, and I think there's no greater compliment you can give yourself than backing yourself in business because you are the one be that bold. Says, I believe in me and as scary as it is any woman that takes that first step that backs herself i just think that's the biggest form of self love 
and and just really you're just backing yourself it's such a huge compliment to say I believe in my myself I believe in this this product that I'm creating or that I'm putting out there um I think it's just a huge move and I just love to know I love knowing that there's more women out there and it's not a male versus female thing that more women are open to businesses I just love that energy of that feminine power really stepping in and making some massive changes that's really interesting that you say that, Annette, because one of the things that I have really noticed is who I was when I worked corporately is very different from how I operate now 10 years in business. How, how like, different? Uh, I think that uh, I was working in a very uh, a male-skewed environment and I think it, w- it was very highly competitive. You certainly, mm-hmm. it wasn't whilst we had a team, it wasn't, you were still up against each kind of team member. Now I have a very different approach to business and I have collaborated extensively Mm -hmm. um, in building my businesses because there is nothing more satisfying to me than collaborating and growing my business Mm -hmm. uh, alongside other women in business. It's, It's incredibly satisfying. I love that. You have been in business now for many years. You work with businesses, you work with large corporations, you've asked to speak around the country, internationally as well. You've won awards. I'd love for you to give two pieces of advice, whatever comes to you, whatever, if it's from the marketing world, if it's just from your own journey. Yep. Best piece of advice that you could could give for a female entrepreneur and she's in the startup stage, she's just starting out, she's in the trenches, it's like her first year, what would be something that you think that you'd love to give her as advice or you would have loved to have known yourself? I would absolutely say I live by what you can see behind me, be bold, you know, be willing to to play the small probabilities and and as you said before, Annette, back yourself. I have, um, as a startup, I've collaborated so that my first book, The Blue Book Behind Me, is, is a how-to book for small business. I collaborated with Zero, the software accounting people, as a startup to actually bring that book to life. Um, and people say, you know, you, you're a startup or you're a small business, you can't collaborate with big businesses. Well, I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can. Wow. And I really encourage um, a lot of those people that are just just in those early stages of business, be really clear about who's the audience that you're trying to reach and really start thinking about who else is already talking to that audience Mm. and how can I add value to what they're doing and reach out. Mm. I knew no one at zero when I approached them. That is so cool. That is such a good example. Yeah, look, you know, and I've done that all the way through. Like I'm actually, I got, uh, I had a speaking sponsor who would dress me for when I was speaking um, at a conference. And again, I really loved their gear. One thing you need to know about me is I hate ironing and I loved these particular wrap dresses because I could fly interstate and put it in a bag, um, get off the plane. I didn't need to iron this dress and I could just, you know, put it on, wrap it up and look, look terrific, do and do my thing. And I thought, you know, I'm spending quite a lot of money on these dresses. I really want to, I'm very big on reducing my cost centers in my business to increase my 
profitability. Profit, yeah. And um, I reached out. I put together a really great proposal that had me already dressed in their gear. Um, and um, I heard crickets because I, I went to the designer, heard nothing. And I went, you know, look for another way, Katrina, try and find another way. And I ended up going through their customer service team. And then they started dressing me for a lot of my gigs. Wow. Um, so I just want, I, I would really implore people, if you take bold action, mm-hmm. What if it happens? Yeah. You know, that's really what I want to say is play 100%. those small probabilities because it can happen and, mm-hmm. it, you know, it sometimes does. Yeah. It's interesting. It's 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 a no until you actually try. And for me, the very first show that I did, it was Living Legends series. And we actually did a replay, I think, two episodes ago. And that came about because... I had just started coaching and I had been in corporate for so many years doing exactly the same thing, but I wanted to change my marketplace. And so I wanted to interview incredible women. So I emailed personally Naomi Simpson, uh, Janine Alice, Michelle Bridges, and I could have sat there and gone, oh, you know, here I am looking like a startup business. They're not even going to, you know, answer me. And every single one said yes to the interview, every single one. And it was only because I asked. So the answer is always no if you don't ask. And I love that you had this idea and you went with zero and you went, hey, I've got nothing to lose. So there is nothing to lose. Yeah. Piece of advice for the woman in the growth phase. She is, she's got the goods. She's ready for expansion. She's ready to do more, be more, take her business to the next level. What would you say would be a good piece of advice for where she is right now to get her to lifting up? <laughs> There'd be two things I would say to that wonderful woman. I would say profile and partnerships. Um, I would say look to grow your uh, your personal brand. Mm. Might be really, really conscious of that. What we find is that the greater that personal brand, the more attractive you are to partner with bigger players in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And with regard to partnerships, you can strategically use partnerships to position yourself in the business. So, so position your business. So if you're wanting to make a step change in your business, who can you partner with that's already up there that you can position yourself as collaborating with like that's mm-hmm. part of part of that change that you can mm-hmm. make but certainly you can um, increase your reach significantly by really being strategic about those that you partner and collaborate with and it can also reduce your your expenses mm-hmm. so for me definitely profile and partnerships for that yeah. for that person that's wanting to go next next level yeah. and if you even think ladies what I was just saying to Katrina about reaching these high-level female entrepreneurs, I was stepping into entrepreneurship myself. I wasn't in the startup phase, but I wanted to position myself visually on camera to be able to go, hey, look who I'm actually talking to. I might not be as great as them, but I'm able to pull those type of women into my circle. So it was actually similar in that way for that Living Legend series that, you know, it's I've now got those contacts now for life. Um, but, yeah, that's beautiful two pieces of information. Thank you. I love to finish the show with this one question, Katrina. And it's about, it's more about the wellness side of things. We want to make sure, sure that we continually aren't, you know, burning the, the candle at both ends, which we normally do. <laughs> Though what is it that you do that, you know, really gets you back into that happy level of vibration? You've had stressful days at week or stressful days at work or even weeks or months 
you've got launches, you've got book tours. What is the one thing that you think when you turn to it, you know that makes you the happiest Katrina that you know? What would it be? I love that question. Uh, For me, it is without question, hands down, walking in nature. I need an hour to an hour and a half every single day Mm -hmm. uh, walking in nature. If I can get my 10,000 steps in and I can hear the birds, I can, you know, see a kangaroo or I can just be out amongst a whole lot of trees, I know that my central nervous system feels a lot calmer. Yeah. What it also does for me is it really helps me uh, creatively solve problems, Mm -hmm. whether they're in my business or my personal life. It is great for processing um, and coming up with new solutions. So I'm often brought in um, in a uh, to businesses to provide them with really creative solutions um, or creative ideas. In order to do that, I need to stay creative and and be able to problem solve. And if I'm overwhelmed, I'm not creative anymore. So without question, getting out into the bush in nature, that is my thing. Love that. I cannot agree with you more where we don't get our ideas at our desks. We don't get ideas when we're stressed and that space does give it. For me, it's it's exercising. It's with the music. As soon as I get the music on, those ideas come. Are you, are you out in nature with music, with a podcast, or is it just total silence and just sort of like taking in the surroundings? What, what is it for you? I'm a, I'm a combination. I'm not really loud music. In fact, mm-hmm. I've got a, a love of jazz pianos. <laughs> so um, I spent a lot of time in New York in jazz clubs. So um, I listen to a bit of jazz piano sometimes, but um, if I'm listening to music, but more so I'm often listening to Audible um, mm-hmm. or it's nothing at all. If I've got a lot going on in my brain, yeah. I know that I'm much better off, just no headphones and just yeah. walk it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm tend not to be really loud kind of pumping music. And doesn't she have a gorgeous voice, everyone? Do you sing? Are you a singer? You said you love jazz. Do you do? Uh, I would love to be able to. I actually uh, studied at the Academy of Performing Arts in Perth and I did arts management. So all through uni, I'm from a fairly creative family Mm -hmm. and um, I I was never kind of creative and it used to really bug me. Um, So I love the visual arts. I love, um, I've spent a lot of time with an art dealer in WA all through uni um, working with emerging WA artists, which was just incredible. But what I've learned in on reflect on a lot of reflection in my 30s was that my creativity comes through in my problem solving and my mm. ideas for business and that's where I feed off and that's where I'm really creative so I would say to anyone who thinks they're not you know visually creative and not a singer yeah. etc you will have creativity in some way. Have a really good reflection on where that creativity is coming through for, for you and it could well be through your business. Oh, fantastic. Well, how do they find out more about you? I heard that you said before that you actually do work with businesses on helping them expand their brand ideas and, and market. What are the different ways that we can learn to get a hold of you, to to learn more? Obviously, we've got the book Mother of All Opportunities. 
Um, but how else can they find out more? And you've got a great podcast as well. So let's just hear about yeah. how to stay in contact with you. Okay. I'm a LinkedIn junkie. Come over and find me at Katrina McCarter, my personal profile. So that's one place. Over at marketingtomums.com.au, there are two research reports that are freely available for you to download, which if you want to understand more about Australian mothers, we've got mm-hmm. the state of motherhood in Australia that's really, really insightful. But we've also got another report called ISO Mums, and that's having a look at understanding the impact of home isolation and all these lockdowns oh. on mums' behaviours. So that could be wow. really, really pertinent to to anybody um, who's a small business right through to corporate as well. Mm-hmm. So there's those two reports. And then I'm about to launch my season three of the Marketing to Mums podcast. So that's about you listen to your Fantastic. podcast. Yeah. And if they want to work with you, who is your typical client? Is it corporates? Do you work with SMEs as well? I actually now spend more of my time with SMEs um, mm-hmm. than I do with corporates, and that's more in terms of where I get greater satisfaction. So mm-hmm. I'm certainly not opposed to working with corporates, but I love seeing the impact that I can make in a uh, a small through to medium-sized business. So that's mm-hmm. really where I probably spend the majority of my time these days. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Katrina? Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you for bringing your genius into the world and helping us really nail it with the mums out there. And I just really, really loved that light bulb moment that came up for me when I went deeper into your book and thought, oh, my gosh, I think I was looking uh, around not realising and here I am. I did these frustrations but I've never put the two and two together. So thank you so much for um, making a massive change for me as well. Well, can I say thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you and meet you and also uh, speak to your community. Um, It's great. I feel um, so empowered by the voices of all these mums right around the country and sharing what it is that they want to see more of in uh, in the business world. Thanks so much, Katrina. Thank you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you are meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.